When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast where NFT stands for nose blasting French twinks. Yeah, we. Mais oui. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today? What are we doing, Mike? We're going to talk about snakes. We'll talk about why. (laughs) Maybe I also have questions on why, but... Try these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking podcast. (laughs) Do you have that that written down ahead of time, right? No. Oh. Um, I did did have a whole thing. Like, I read way too much on the movie Snakes on a Plane (laughs) because I was hoping that there was anything gay about it. Something gay. Turns out, no. (laughs) <laughs> like the I gayest that, thing was the snakes. I I do that sometimes where I'm like, please let there be something gay about this thing I'm looking at. I have two things before we get into it. Dos. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. First, yes. this is a correction. I don't, okay. I don't know if I've actually said it or left it in the podcast or I've just mentioned it elsewhere. Anyway, um, I have said, though, a couple times that uh, anyone who plays a gay character, a straight person playing a gay character, especially on a D&D podcast, should be obligated to reply to our guest request and, yeah. and beyond. Turns out the DM for Dungeons and Daddies is bisexual. Huh. So he doesn't have to reply to our guest request because he can play an LGBT character if he wants to. You buy erased him on accident. I, to my credit, he doesn't have a little rainbow icon in his Twitter. So how am I supposed right, to yeah. know? <laughs> I, I just randomly just started Googling it and turned out he had posted once on Twitter about feeling like he wasn't totally like bisexual or good bisexual or whatever because he didn't he feels more attraction to women has never dated a man and then he was like but then i saw this picture of i forget who and then i saw this picture and i was reminded i'm definitely bisexual so very relevant and yeah did not know he was lgbt so he's the dm do you think that he would let his players like cheat in return for sexual favors like do you think that's a part of the the dynamic i don't listen to the show but are you saying all queer people are kind of slutty mike don't ruin this headcanon for me, Kyle. <laughs> you're, I mean, one of the things about bisexuals is everyone thinks that they can have sex with them always. And you're, you're, I mean, it's kind of hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second thing. Yeah. Headcanon. Wow, what a <laughs> D&D thing to say. Um, uh, second thing, we were on remakes, reboots, and revivals talking about Queers Folk. We talked about our episode and that inspired someone <laughs> to have us on their podcast uh, to talk more about it. So uh, we were on their episode on June 30th. So. Take a listen to that. And we have a Spotify playlist of all the other podcasts we've been on. So if you want to go find all the other places you can listen to us talk, you can find that on Spotify. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. And um, like it was harrowing, though, because I was like, am I going to say the same things that I said on our show? And what if I like disagree with myself? What does that mean? What that, What would? Let's do therapy. What, what would that mean, Mike? It would mean that I don't have a solid sense of identity that I can be swayed in any given moment by whoever my audience is. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you don't have to be logically consistent a hundred percent of your life and you're allowed to say what you feel at any given moment. That's true. Yeah. Fixed. Okay, cool. Better help. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now the news. Yeah. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 News the first. 
the Neeland Avenue Christian Reformed Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Neeland for Jesus. Neeland for Jesus. Was told by their headquarters, the Christian Reformed Church of America, told them, you have to fire your deacon because she is in a same-sex marriage. Hmm. So... Apparently, they're a Dutch Calvinist denomination, which that means something to religious people, I guess. Mm. And they had their annual synod, uh, which is like, I don't know, Jesus Congress, I guess. (laughs) Jesus Con. Welcome to (laughs) Jesus Con 2022. More Jesus, more Con. And during this meeting, they took up the issue of this Michigan church's lesbian deacon and said, no, we 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 need to get her out of there. Anyway... The apparently they the at Jesus Con they were doing all kinds of stuff on like human sexuality and they they decided yeah n- no we're not we're not down with to gays so the church then had their own local vote and said nah fuck you we're keeping we her. don't care we're, we're keeping her <laughs> nice <laughs> a council member told Christianity Daily we had quote prayed wrestled with the word and discerned together and later decided that stripping the LGBTQ plus deacon of her role would be both disobedient to God's call and less than fully loving to all his children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're like having a fight. That's, I mean, that, this is like very representative of my views of religion too. The larger entity is evil and mm. individuals, churches, or people can be good. Yep. I, this is exactly what I what I would yeah expect. The deacon said, "quote It feels really great to be supported by my church family. I hope others in the LGBTQ plus community who want to use their gifts in God's kingdom see Neeland Church as a beacon of hope." So yeah, cool. I guess cool. You guess yeah. I know. I like it's it's complicated, right? Yeah. Like I'm 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 poking holes at your. Religion sucks. Bubble. Oh no, you're not. Oh, you're, okay. you're, you're you're nothing you said is at all surprising. The institution is evil and horrible, and there are some gays in it. Great uh, news. The second. So, uh, just a few days ago, on July first, Florida's "Don't Say Gay" law came into effect. So. We've talked about this a couple of times on the show, but... uh, Like, it had been passed and approved before, but this is, like, the starting date? Now it's actually going. Gotcha. Like, stop saying the gay now, apparently. Um, Public schools in Florida have begun implementing new policies to limit discussion of LGBTQ plus issues in classes following the implementation of the state's parental rights and education law, also known as the Don't Say Gay Law. Okay, so here's the thing. As the Don't Say Gay law came into uh, uh, like the news and we were following it and everything, there were a lot of people who pushed back and they said, it's not going to actually silence teachers. It's not going to actually threaten LGBTQ people. And just like fucking Roe v. Wade and everything else, fuck you. Who who was saying that? Were people trying to defend, like Republicans trying to defend the bill, saying it's not as Yeah, big? and a, lo- a lot of moderates, a lot of conservative moderates that were like, no, we just don't want... We just don't want anal sex taught to our third grader. Well, that's that's fine. This accomplishes that, but it also is actively affecting people. For example, school officials around Orlando sent out official notices to educators not to wear rainbow clothing, that they need to remove pictures of their same-sex spouses from their desks, remove LGBTQ plus safe space stickers from their classroom doors, uh, this is from Clinton McCracken, who's president of the Orange County Classroom Teachers Association. Clinton McCracken, <laughs> you're a cartoon dog. <laughs> uh, 
The the Leon County School Board unanimously approved its LGBTQ inclusive school guide after an extended debate on Tuesday night. And uh, the document includes a provision that requires parents to be notified if their child participates in physical education or goes on an overnight school trip with a person who is, quote, open about their gender identity. Wow. Um, uh, it says, quote, upon notification or determination of a student who is open about their gender identity, parents of the affected students will be notified of reasonable accommodation options available. Wait, someone that's open about their I- gender identity. So boys that think they're boys and say they're boys, you have to notify everyone because yeah. that's their gender identity. Yep. <laughs> this boy did boy things and acted like a boy and felt comfortable in the boy's bathroom. Attention, everyone. Like, people don't even know what the language they're trying to steal means. Yeah. It's so dumb. I hope they keep, like, safe space stickers. Like, never has that been more relevant than this moment. Like, the right. entire, to, to have a safe space sticker, especially in the face of it is not okay in most places, that's when it's most meaningful. So, like, it's kind of ironic to be like, take down your safe space sticker. <laughs> like, yep. I, I don't know. All of this is obviously very dumb, but, like, yep. that in particular is like... This space is no longer safe, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> stop being so safe. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Carlos Guillermo Smith, who is a gay Latino legislator in Florida... Uh, has been an outspoken critic of this legislation, has said that it will result in a shortage of teachers. Hmm. The state already is 9,000 educators short of where they need to be. And smears against LGBTQ plus teachers will contribute to the shortage. Quote, they are saying that our teachers, whom people love, are grooming children and that our teachers are sexualizing them. They're all baseless accusations that have absolutely zero merits and are having a demoralizing effect on our teachers. It's it's just the thing is our existence is threatening to cishet people and conservative people some cishet conservative people and I don't I just can't get over how fucked up it is that a heterosexual couple's wedding picture on a desk is any different than a same-sex couple's wedding picture on a desk, but one is a clear threat to our children and is grooming them and is like, it's so fucked up. It is so fucked up that they have no right. But they do have the law, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Florida. Blow it out your ass. Okay. (laughs) Um yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on in Florida, and I'm really sorry, y'all. Um, move up here. Okay, uh, news the last. Yeah, this is my favorite story of the week. Uh, Pride was in London this last weekend on, on the second of July, and there's a TikTok from London Pride that shows a bunch of anti-gay protesters speaking through a a speaker, an amplifier. And then the voice cuts out and their speaker starts playing It's Raining Men. (laughs) Someone hacked into the protester's speaker to play the gayest song that has ever existed. It's so awesome. Don't mess with a younger generation who was born into a world of technology. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're a... 
your your bigotry went over Bluetooth, and that was your first mistake. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like uh, don't fuck with K-pop stands. Like they are real good at dominating, like Twitter or TikTok, or they like they know what's up and how to take over conversations on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I couldn't agree more. This was the 50th anniversary of Pride in the UK, which is pretty great. There are about a, a 1.5 million people that showed up. Fuck. Anytime you have that many queers in one place, you're also going to get some assholes, which mm-hmm. was the case here. I mean, some of them are. Some queers are assholes, too. So some of them were marching as well. You know, that's true. They're all over there. <laughs> assholes are everywhere, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers are everywhere. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's what we should start calling tops and bottoms. <laughs> Fuckers. Assholes and fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There is some disagreement about whether it was actually hacked there's another tiktoker who said that the system wasn't hacked but they just merely blasted the song next to them loudly enough that you couldn't hear them over the song either uh, way don't rain men not on my parade right, yeah. come on now just like let's just have this yeah i would love to go to pride in like london or manchester or you know yeah do it yeah, maybe this time I won't have COVID. Um, that's the news. That's the news. Thank you to the following people who I would love to celebrate Pride with someday. Our new Patreon members are Danny Lime. Danny Lime. All these pe- uh, people this week sound like superheroes. Kieran uh, Scurvy. Karen Scurvy? Curing Scurvy. Oh, great. Sure. Um, Jonathan Wong mm. and Brandon LaRose. Or Lee Rose. Or La Rose. Ooh, I like that one. Um, You're th- right. Those all sound like names that like a first-year script writer would come up with. Yep, yep. Uh, I promise they're real. I didn't make them up. They are real human people. Um, Or at least their money is. (laughs) Their money is real human people. Um, uh, We just recently put out our second episode of Mom's Blaining. So if you pledge at the $5 and up level, you get bonus segments every week, a bonus episode every month, bonus Mom's Blaining every month. So join at www.patreon.com slash gayish podcast yeah this month we made her define octamount tango yeah yeah <laughs> it was great well actually you did some like not you but a, a listener did you the listener, you, the listener. Are, in, are in control yeah like the kids choice awards but for adults so and for sex write in your questions she loves them yeah ready to talk about snakes let's talk about snakes okay so, so i have written in the notes mm-hmm. that murph my brother murph mm-hmm. asked us to do an episode on snakes oh, okay i brought it up to him this weekend uh-huh. and he was like were we drunk? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we were. Okay. So we, I, I have no idea, no idea why he wanted this episode. Okay. Um, or if there's some other Murph in my life that oh. I forgot about. Hey, are you ask. Snake Murph? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, we like to every once in a while do a random ass, like whatever the fuck we feel like. And Snakes is Snakes, snakes is it. Yeah. And after all that queer shit we did last month. You know. Yeah, I, I enjoyed last month, learned a lot of stuff, talked a lot about about a lot of, you know, heavy queer things. And you know what? Let's just talk about snakes, man. Yeah, let's talk about snakes, Let's be man. chill. Have some fun. <laughs> let's relax. Let's loosen up. Let's drop the pride. We're just regular humans now. <laughs> we don't have pride anymore. And let's just talk about snakes. Bring on the snakes. So, okay. I, I know this is not the episode plan, but mm-hmm. I do I do, I do. do want to ask real quickly. How do you feel about snakes? Because some people are freaked the fuck out by snakes, lose their shit when they're around, think that they're creepy. 
I, as I've gotten older, have become afraid of more things. I, growing up, my brother always had snakes as pets, and I always had mice. And so I... says a lot about your relationship, I think. (laughs) Why? I don't know. There's a built-in antagonism there, right? Yeah, that's not true. My brother's not antagonistic. Okay, all right. Um, so I don't know. I, it's funny. Like I grew up around snakes. I would like hold a snake and like, you know, they just kind of like slither in your hand like an infinite snake. I don't don't know what I was thinking there, but yeah. So I don't know. I'm fine with it. Nowadays, if I saw one, I'd probably get nervous and, and like be kind of gay about it and run away. But, um, I also, you know, wouldn't know if they're poisonous because I don't know anything about like rhymes. So yeah, I don't know. Probably best to just assume they're all poisonous or venomous. Yeah, right. Like tops. Yeah. Uh, What about you? Um, We had like harmless snakes, like in the in the backyard growing up, and they didn't particularly scare me. But we also had rattlesnakes near where I grew up, like places that we would go camping. So I had like the fear of God drummed into me by my dad and my uncle and and you know my grandparents, mom, who like just don't don't go towards the rattlesnakes and be careful where you walk and listen for the rattles and like all of the, like if we have to suck the juice out, if you get bit, that'll be no fun. I don't think that's true. I don't (laughs) think you should suck venom out of, I think you might get yourself poisoned when you do that. You know, you know, makes for good porn. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, but uh, is there rattlesnake themed porn? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's everything, be, but yeah. yeah, there's gotta be. But yeah, I'm I'm like I have a I have a healthy fear of snakes, even the ones that I probably shouldn't be afraid mm. of. But I also think they're cool. Like oh. I like them on YouTube, just not in person. You watched <laughs> snake videos on YouTube, especially the last week leading up to this episode, oh. trying to find something to talk about. Okay, <laughs> did you? This is yeah separate. Did you find stuff? Yes, 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 certainly. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, great. Um, or I didn't know if this was going to be the Kyle show, just me talking about everything. I found a bunch. I was surprised. Again, you know, you're like, is this gay? And like, yeah, it's kind of gay. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the more literal interpretation of yeah. this topic. Okay. Uh, I found an article called Queer Snakes. Oh, that's nailed perfect. it. Yeah, it's, and it's a June little bit is of, over, Kyle. We're not doing queer we're anymore. Like, we're like... <laughs> We're like morphing, you know, we're taking the slow kind of step towards getting out of our queer sure. thing by still talking about queer, but with some snakes. Um, good, good, good job. So as a reminder, gay and bisexual behavior is found in over 1000 species. And something I just read is that apparently they're more just like in humans, more than more bisexual than than any other. So by snakes everywhere by snake erasure <laughs> um so this article that i found is by jake Griff- griffiths who is a or was in 2019 at least the young heritage leader of the national museum in wales okay and jake said quote some people argue that animal sexuality is purely instinctive but i don't think we give them enough credit they also have emotions and intelligence and agency just in a different way Aww. uh and then he went on to list uh, I really liked what he did. He took a few different species of snakes and kind of interpreted them as what kind of LGBTQ thing oh God. would they be? Which, uh, <laughs> so we'll start with the common garter snake. And he said they are kind of basic. They choose their opposite sex partner carefully. They might be the straight cis snakes of the of the world. Okay. They're not. We're going to get to that. But oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. wow. Jake already <laughs> has some conflict with the article. He like said there was a snake exhibit 
bit going on. So during June in 2019, he did like a, this is why he did the queer snake version to celebrate pride. Excellent. Uh Oh, maybe Jake is wrong about this one. The rest totally right. Uh, gopher snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can become romantic with any gender. And when bonds are made between male snakes, some of the male snakes take on the female role. So, you know, are they any any gender? Maybe they're pan. Mm. Maybe they're bi. Mm-hmm. Or if some take on a female role, maybe there's a little bit of trans there or gender fluidity. Um, or heteronormativity. <laughs> or heteronormativity. <laughs> if you're a militant gay that hates that. Speckled rattlesnake. Okay. Okay. Rattle, rattle. Fights between same-sex snakes can lead to romantic-leaning partnerships. Oh, wow. So uh, he said, quote, alpha energy becoming respect, which in turn becomes passion. So he was like, are these kinky? Kinky snakes? Or daddy snakes. Daddy snakes. That would be a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And lastly, the flower pot snake. This is a female-only species. Uh, They produce offspring from parthenogenesis. Uh, which is the slow way to say asexual reproduction. And so, I don't know, it's always interesting, like asexuality. Oftentimes I think about just like cell division or something yeah. like, based like that. A but, snake seems like it's a pretty complicated thing to just like make its own babies. Yep, yep, and it does. And so Jake said, quote, these queens of the animal kingdom are also completely blind, by the way, but they don't need anyone to do whatever they like asexual okay great sexual energy <laughs> and those are just a few examples of the gay snakes that we see out in the world that's awesome yeah queer queer snake fest huh okay all right yeah if go see it in 2019 at the museum <laughs> in national museum in wales all right okay you're gonna tell me why jake is wrong i'm gonna tell you why jake is wrong okay and 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 Okay, so there's a. I don't know. I don't know Jake, but I'm already very defensive of him. Oh, okay, that's good. Jake, the the snake pride guy. He he needs all the help he can get. Okay, so there is a Vice.com article that I found titled "Yearly Snake Fuckfest Is in Full Swing." <gasps> what? Yeah, and uh, colon why Jake Griffiths is wrong. There's a there's another Vice article called "Super Snake Orgies Are Causing Male Snakes to Die Younger," and oh and. Uh, here's here's the thing. So they are red-sided garter snakes. Uh, is the um the snakes the, the snakes snake. in question? <laughs> yeah. So every year, I'm going to probably fuck this up in Narcisse, Canada. It's near. Uh, it's in Manitoba. So Ugh, most Manitobans are so narcissed. Right. <laughs> okay. So they hibern- All of them hibernate, and then they all come out of hibernation at the same time. And immediately start mating. They're like so full of cum. Yep. Or whatever the snake cum is. Is it just cum? I don't know. I don't know how snakes work. Tens of thousands. Yeah, they have cold cum? Oh. They're cold blooded. Just like my ex. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's tens of thousands of them and they come out and apparently it is approximately 100 to 1 dude snakes to lady snakes holy shit my dream scenario and they all gangbang the shit out of the lady snake Mm. okay so they all slither out of their dens and start just going to town experts call this phenomenon a mating ball (laughs) oh okay it's starting to get gross this is starting to remind me of a rat king which (laughs) which grosses me out oh it looks like one oh no snakes writhing around each other in just like a giant mass okay i don't like this anymore okay well the the narcissus snake 
Den's site is now a tourist attraction. What? Come watch these snakes fuck each other yeah, in a they, giant ball. Yep. They. Um, but they, when I invite everyone to my apartment to do it, I'm the pervert. Right. <laughs> oh, can we start calling your apartment a, a, a snake pit? A snake <laughs> I can start. I can get that tattooed above my ass. So, well, first, the, like the, the straight step. Okay. It's a writhing orgy of like a hundred dude snakes and one lady snake because they're just like she just wiggles her tail or whatever and like they've come running to like have the biggest gangbang orgy ever, yeah, yeah. which is it's that's not not gay, right? Um, well, hmm. I mean, okay, why what? I mean, if you're all there to fuck a chick, like that's specifically straight. Yeah, but what if you put it in in you a little bit? <laughs> snakes have two dicks. Did you know snakes have two dicks? Really? Yeah, snakes have two dicks. Just their head and their tail. Yeah, <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have. It's called a, a hemipene, and uh, they have one on each side down near their tail. And the the theory goes that it evolved that way so that they don't have to like turn around. Like it doesn't matter what. <laughs> It doesn't matter which side they're on; they can bang. Oh, that's so lazy! I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, wait, what? It, but what you say? It's gay because what if they put it in? Yeah. What do you? So then it's not gang banging hurt. Like, does I, it every now and then a dick miss and it just kind of goes in a dude? Yeah. Crossfire, and, friendly crossfire, and maybe two at the same time because oh, like, they have two dicks. Nice. And, like, and but they're like these writhing masses of just sexual energy. Okay, so here's the thing. Male snakes are so focused on reproduction, they don't eat during mating season. <laughs> and apparently these mating ball rituals are so out of control that sometimes they die. <laughs> um, God, fucking to death. Fucking to death. Yep. And it also, the ones that live apparently <laughs> uh, have a shortened lifespan as a result of these big ass orgies, so they fuck the li- life out of themselves. Yep, yep, yep. damn. So uh, this uh, this this Sarah Emerson article and on Vice, super snake orgies are causing male snakes to die younger. She says, "quote Someone's always going to have a bad time at an orgy, <laughs> and a red sided garter snake is no exception." So the the thing is, they mating is super expensive. But uh, and the males tend to go all out. They don't eat. They stay at the orgy site for up to twenty one days. Damn. Which I can only handle steamworks for like a couple of hours at most. <laughs> um, and then and then they looked at a bunch of data and they found that the males end up with their DNA has shortened telomeres compared to the female counterparts. In other words, they're aging faster. Hmm. And the massive expenditure of energy because of these orgies are why apparently with females like leave the orgy after a couple of days and the males like stick around and keep the orgy going for like three weeks and that's okay that's the gay part there now now i get it i just imagine like some woman leaves the orgy and none of the dudes notice and she's like what the fuck what are you serious everyone's like wait wasn't there a lady here yeah to to make this not gay um yeah and and, uh apparently also uh predators find that they're very distracted and they can just like chow, chow down on oh, on the snake orgy yeah that's just like a snake sandwich right there <laughs> nom 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 just... nom no no guys keep fucking <laughs> nom, nom, nom. nothing going on here <laughs> so it's so, such a big orgy this <laughs> like on the other side of the orgy someone's like do you hear that <laughs> no keep fucking no keep, i don't hear anything okay so a different garter snake 
species. So this is not the same ones that are up in Manitoba, but the same effect would probably work on them because, um, oh, sorry, I'm lying to you. Because I read two different papers and one of them was on different garter snakes. This one is on the same garter snakes. Okay. They, uh, scientists did a experiment where they put a pill, a capsule, a small capsule under the skin of male snakes that would slowly release estrogen into their systems. And, uh, it seems weird and mean. I don't know. <laughs> it would raise their estrogen level to about that of a female snake. And after a year of this estrogen supplementation, the male snakes created a, a, would put off a pheromone that caused other males to swarm to them and form a mating ball. So basically just by raising their estrogen levels, all of the dudes wanted to bang the dude hmm. and would. And it's, it's really, it's really interesting. Like uh, in your, in your article a little bit ago talking about how, like, is it instinctual mm-hmm. or is there like, feelings and emotions involved yeah. this 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 part actually is just instinctual it's based on hormones and chemicals and and and, and pheromones but uh, apparently the way that red gar- red-sided garter snakes decide who to bang in part is because they lick each other <laughs> and then when they lick each other the male can determine the species sex population season reproductive condition size and age of its pr- possible partner and these dude snakes, if they had their estrogen levels raised, would like elicit the like yes, let's fuck response. Taste mm. like a woman or something. In fact, some of the male snakes would ignore the female snakes and instead would go for the estrogen enhanced oh, male snakes. Like it's super super potent. Yeah, yeah. Other male snakes actually preferred them to the smaller female snakes. <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's really. It's really, it's really interesting. I, I think, you know, we, we talk about human sexuality and it's obviously different and super complicated, but like you can sort of make snakes gay just by like messing with their chemicals and, and hormones a little bit. That implies like a certain fluidity to sexuality that like we're also animals as much as people don't want to believe it. How, how, how many systems do we have in place in our bodies that could potentially change our sexual response especially like smells and hormones and you know taste yeah and anyway i i just i just think it's really super super interesting that you could just basically give a snake a pill and and it, it makes all the other dude snakes around him suddenly super gay yeah it, it yeah. just it's <laughs> it, yeah anyway yeah. That, that's the that's the garter snake thing and that's that's why what's his what's his butt is wrong yeah, although you were talking this, he said the common garter snake. So I don't know. I don't know enough about snakes to know the differences between the types. But you didn't say the common garter snake necessarily. So I'm going to believe Jake. Okay, Jake has my heart and my paper. The words on my paper. You did. You so, did. You did say that you were Team Jake. So I am Team I, Jake. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you. Okay, now let's get into snake metaphors. Okay. Because okay. I mean, w- what kind of metaphors? What what do snakes represent? The ability to swallow things whole. Like, oh, fuck. I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> Unhinge your jaw. Here comes a giant dick. Yep. That's- <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That's, I mean, snakes also metaphor for dicks themselves. Right. Yeah. But snakes also have been a metaphor for evilness. Sure. Thanks, Bible. Oh, thanks, Bible. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you about not the Bible, but uh, different 
character that represented both snakes and evilness, and that's Jafar from Aladdin. Oh, okay. Where are you going with this? This will be. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be great. That's kind of the. I mean, that's kind of it. Um. Oh, he turns into a big ass snake and like like does evil okay go yeah, ahead please yeah, go yeah. ahead no, no no that's the that's basically the bullet okay, <laughs> yeah um uh a tweet from elise navidad that's that's funny oh my good, god good work elise said quote jafar excellent drag queen name that like, is a good drag queen elise name. navidad Holy shit. <laughs> elise says jafar's origin story is that he's gay and pissed that's true <laughs> That's true. Uh, like many Disney villains, Jafar's coded gay. He has a snake staff and, like you said, eventually turns into a snake and then eventually turns into a very hot genie, which is ultimately his downfall, but like all shirtless and buff, which is yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, like a snake, he kind of has a hiss slash yeah. is that a lisp? That's another thing about snakes that I didn't connect until this. There is like a, you know, the hiss and lisp are there's something similar about that that, that's sneaky. So I could see that connection. Yep. For sure. Uh, He is effeminate. He has a manicured beard. He looks like he's wearing a lot of eye makeup. He, and as one article pointed out, he is obsessed with Aladdin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and an angle on the queer coded villains that I hadn't thought of is this is from, Samantha Allen's article, I miss Disney's queer-coded villains, but the next generation won't. This is from 2019 and New Now Next. Samantha talked about the live remake of Aladdin in 2019 where Jafar, who the cast was like smoking fucking hot. He had like V's more pronounced than his abs and it was insane, but apparently not coded gay. And Samantha was like, he was very boring. There's something about... If you take away the queerness, yeah. uh, the queer subtext of a character, there's something kind of boring about them. That, and there's, it's weird to think of the, it, like, there, there's something that I don't like about that is, does being, I kind of leaned on this when I was a kid, like, or not a kid, like, in college I would come out and I've. I've said this before, like when women found out I was gay, they would like me better, which feels nice unless you think about it. Right. Yeah. Because like, (laughs) what, what is that all that I have going for me now? Where maybe, maybe you don't, you know, if you're gay, you're not a threat to them anymore. Like straight men. I mean, men are statistically a threat to them. So maybe it's like, maybe you become more approachable or I don't know. There's just something that straight women like about gay men. And that it gave me that, those vibes of like, if you take away the gayness of a queer villain, maybe they don't have anything going for them. Yeah. Okay. So first I, I've always thought it was a safety thing. Like I, I agree with that assessment. I think that that's, that's, it's a safety thing, but I think um, that's the, probably the roots of it, but then it grew into like almost a status symbol, the wrong way to say it, but then they think you can give them gay advice on like what to wear and all this shit that I could never do. And I could, you know, would pretend to know about fashion and and I would just regurgitate things I learned on TV shows. And and then eventually I stopped trying because I was like, I don't Or just give the worst advice ever. Mm. Like somebody only has to follow the worst advice ever once to never (laughs) ask you for advice again. Right. There you go. Um, Oh, but but, uh, queer coded, uh, queer coded villains. I think um, there's a, is it Shere Khan? The name I forget the name of the snake from the Jungle Book, but uh, has a, like a oh. super lispy voice and is evil and is 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 bad. And but one thing, one thing I can't quite pick apart, and I don't know that it's possible to, is the difference between queer coding and campy. Because I think that there mm-hmm. are a lot of villains that have a campiness to them, 
and we automatically think that that's queerness, but is it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jafar is a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> and to do to take that out in in a in a live action uh, um, d- depiction, I've not seen it. Neither have I. Um, I imagine sucks. I yeah. You you take away. Okay, what are the things that are queer coded? Yeah, campiness. There's at the end he. <laughs> in this article talked about how he just basically reads Aladdin when he sings this uh, Prince Ali mm. to be like, you're not any of the things you said. He just lists all the shitty things about him. Yeah. Um, and he's very punny. He'll, he had this whole scene what, right before he turns it to the snake where he's like, get to the point or something and then drop swords on him or all these things that are like kind of pun. And yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot like part of the queer coding, part of the things we like are maybe some of the good or fun or interesting qualities. Maybe it's not the like we because it's queer coded, we're reading into a lot of qualities that we ourselves like in other queer people. So, uh, you know that that makes it feel a little bit better removing the character these characteristics that are nothing at all about his actual orientation. Yeah. So they said, uh, Smith said. Quote, we are capable of criticizing Disney for queer coding its villains without surrendering our strange sense of ownership over them, which is a really interesting, you know, when you grow up having no representation, you see these kind of, this is any kind of queer coded or anything. And so there's something that you connect with. And then later you're like, oh, fuck, that was kind of shitty. But there's still, you still have that connection. It's this interesting contrast between liking, disliking the idea of it, but still liking the character like we fucking love ursula and if they took out any kind of you know dragish nature or kind of lesbian like you know she has the short hair lesbian vibes like if they took away some of those things you're like wait that's not who that character is right yeah um absolutely and in in one of the quotes uh that she brought into the article she said if you try to really gay the villain up you could be facing accusations of tokenism or stereotype. If you cast with no regard to that history, you have this situation where it feels like an intentional omission. Yeah. Yeah. So that's such a weird spot. It's one of those things that Disney probably finds itself in this weird spot. Also, it's a situation they built for themselves. It's hard to feel too bad for them if they have capitalized and they have on using queer coded villains throughout their history and now they kind of have to pay the price or figure out how to balance that and and do it like that's what you get yeah. like that that i i almost like that as a repercussion from what they've done like you got to figure out a way to make this work yeah 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 well i mean I, they didn't totally create that that right like like live action film had queer coded people in it and they were largely villains um yeah. and uh, or the very least tragic characters, but like a, a lot of villains in live action were were queer coded. Yeah. But then like cartoons have to do everything like to the eleventh, they t- dial it up to eleven, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so they 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 took that already existing concept of a queer coded villain and, and like put it on steroids, yeah. and then you end up with what you end up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just make just make Billy Porter every villain. And, like, <laughs> I would sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a interesting connection between, and you, I didn't even think of the um, jungle book, but there's a weird connection between gay characters, evil and snakes. Yeah. That is an interesting, I, you know, I, I wonder, I think snakes are Bible mythology are, are evil and also snakes are 
code for gay. There's mythology around snakes being gay or trans. Then those things come together somehow. And is it coincidental? Is it intentional? Is it, you know, I'm trying to find something evil. So snake and gay coding both come up. And so they accidentally kind of push them together with it. Yeah, there's something (laughs) gay and evil about snakes. Yeah. Doesn't Lil Nas X fuck a snake version of himself in Call Me By Your Name? Is is that how it starts? Is uh, But that's because all all of it is about the Bible. So it's, yeah, kind of pulling the snake. Did he he fuck it, though? I got got heavy, we're going to bang now vibes. But, Mm, you know. You get that from just seeing him. Seeing him, yeah. Just (laughs) being a human person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well... Well, okay, so you, you talk about other, like, symbolism or, or euphemisms or, you know, things that are wrapped up into snakes. And you, you, you talk about, like, it's a it's it's a penis, right? Mm-hmm, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a dick. But I wanted to talk to you about trouser snakes. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of really, really funny shit on, uh, that I found about, about trouser snakes. And the... What more is there to trouser snakes besides the phrase trouser snake? Well, I just, I just love, like the concept of fake like field guides like i totally want to do a gay one where it's like here's an otter in its natural territory (laughs) and like make up fake latin versions of their names (laughs) and like you know what what habitats they prefer and their mating habits like i i i I think that's really funny so i found one for for trouser snakes trouser snake erectus trouserus or otherwise commonly referred to as trouser snake is the world's most dangerous snake it is fangless the average length is five to six inches, although some are said to reach eight inches. <laughs> Colors vary from pink to black. It usually attacks women in the mouth or lower abdomen area. Its highly venomous spit can cause swelling that lasts about nine months. Some species are also known to attack men from behind. <laughs> They're going, there's like so little <laughs> subterfuge in this. There's the. Yeah, <laughs> kind of just going for it. Yeah, just going for it. Just going for it. Uh, then there's um, a new, like, it's not new, new to me thing that I love, the Encyclopedia. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Wikipedia, but like, none of it is true. <laughs> and uh, so in, in, in Patreon, I'm going to talk a little more about like this, this longer thing, because there's an entire article on Trouser Snake. And yeah, th- their Latin name for it is genitalis masculus, um, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll I'll go over it more more in depth there. But <laughs> one-eyed trouser snake or trouser snake is that a, that's a phrase you're familiar with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One-eyed snake. That's the one-eyed something snake. I wrote down purple-headed yogurt slinger. That's such a <laughs> dumb one. <laughs> yeah, one-eyed snake, trouser snake, anaconda. That's just you know, or the hamaconda. Should we talk about that? What is that? John Hamm apparently <laughs> has a gigantic cock and like it can't be hidden or tamed. And it was like 2013, 2014 that like it started going around the internet, like pictures of his big old wang in, in his jeans or pants or, or shorts or, or whatever. And it got to be a thing of him like having to say in interviews, can we not talk about my dick, please? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, the, the 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 got nicknamed the Hamaconda. And I hadn't heard that. It, that's like that's Snake City, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like that Anaconda. We just like we didn't add any additional kind of descriptor. Any, we just like eh, that's just one for one. Anaconda's just a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, and that's uh, what Baby got back, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes a mm-hmm. lot. My mm-hmm. Anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Mm-hmm. So 
I did see an oh, etym- okay. etym- etymology um, for trouser snake that said that it was attributed to the 1960s, but there are places in which referring to a penis as a snake is much, much older than that. Huh. Um, but the, the, the specific phrase trouser snake, this, this, this article was claiming is from, from the 1960s, which that seems really late to me. Um, well, I mean, Freud talked about... Should I talk about Yeah, do it. Freud? Let's do okay. it. So at least as early as Freud, you talk about 60s seeing late. Like Freud said that snakes are penises and mm-hmm. uh, especially in dreams. So in the interpretation of dreams in 1899, he said, quote, most of those animals which are utilized as genital symbols in mythology and folklore play this part also in dreams. The fish, the snail, the cat, the mouse on account of the hairiness of the genitals. Sure. Didn't, didn't turn sure. too much back then. <laughs> but above all, the snake, which is the most important symbol of the male member. So apparently snake means penis in your dreams. And if you are a man that dreams of a protector in the form of a snake, that means you're gay. And the larger the size of the snake, the greater the article I read said, the greater the threat. I guess oh. the threat of homosexuality, well, yeah, like sure. a looming snake. Sure. So I don't know if you're straight, if you think you're straight, if you think you're a straight dude and dream of snakes. Sorry, Freud says you gay. You gay, girl. Yeah, you got to suck a dick. Yep. <clears throat> you got to put that snake in your mouth. Yeah. Find a ha- find an anaconda. Find a hamaconda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is bringing it down just a little bit, but... Oh, I I have something to bring it down, too. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, a lot of people have this sort of understandable but false belief that, like, the Stonewall riots happened and we won. Okay. And then it was over. Didn't didn't expect this turn. Yeah. So, so that was the summer of 1969, but there were regular raids and, and riots because of other similar events and a lot of them happened in in new york for instance about six blocks away from stonewall uh, on march 8th 1970 the new york police department raided the snake pit oh the snake pit was an after hours bar at uh 211 west 10th street in greenwich village uh, Deputy Inspector Seymour Pine, who was the same guy that was in charge of the raids on Stonewall, Ooh. showed up with a fleet of police wagons and arrested all 167 customer staff and owners in the snake pit. Do you think he had a vendetta? That's interesting. I don't think about what happened to that dude specifically, but kept on going, arresting people. I wonder if then he just had a vendetta. Like, that's what he was trying to do at Stonewall, and people resisted. But I wonder if he was just like, no, I'm going to prove myself as a police leader, and I'm going to keep doing this, or... Yeah. Yeah, so apparently it had become, since Stonewall, it had become um, a police policy not to do big roundups Mm. like that, and he did it anyway. Mm. So he uh, arrested 167 people and took them all to the station house, and that violated police policy, but he did it anyway. There was a undocumented immigrant from Argentina who was here in the country illegally named Diego Vinales. He freaked out at the police station and jumped out a second story window. Um, He landed on a fence and got impaled on part of the fence. Apparently, the, the... paramedics were trying to figure out how to get him off of this fence so that they could take him to the hospital and uh, one of the cops told a fireman on the scene quote you don't have to hurry he's dead and if not he's not going to live long oh my god 
Vinales was eventually cut loose, taken to St. Vincent, Vincent's Hospital. He survived. Wow. Spent a couple of weeks in the hospital, and then when he was released, moved back to Argentina. Like, um, <laughs> But uh, it, this... Sp- Imagine telling paramedics when you see a live person, like, don't even worry about it. Right. Well, and especially, like... How much of that had to do with, with because he's he's brown and gay? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, uh, you add those two together, and, and that's a very good representation of how dehumanizing and what the result is uh, of someone treating, yeah, an an immigrant and and a gay person like they don't they don't actually matter. Yeah, paramedics are probably like, fuck off, right. go do your dumb job. I'm gonna, like, yeah, why are you? Yeah. yeah, why are you why, why are you just standing around being why, horrible? Yeah. <laughs> um so the snake pit arrests uh sparked another sort of mini flare up of tensions mm-hmm. in in that community. The Gay Activist Alliance immediately organized a protest for later that night. A pamphlet that publicized the protest read, quote, "Any way you look at it, Diego Vinales was pushed. Mm-hmm. We are all being pushed." A march on the 6th precinct will take place tonight, March 8th at 9 p.m., gathering at Sheridan Square. Anyone who calls himself a human being who has the guts to stand up to this horror, join us. Hmm. Nearly 500 people showed up for an angry and loud but largely peaceful protest. Uh, They went to the precinct station, and then they had a vigil at St. Vincent's Hospital where Vinales was there recovering. He He was in there for a couple of weeks, but this is the night after it happened. So... Representative Ed Koch, do you know who Ed Koch is? He eventually was um, mayor of New York, but m- more importantly, I think, was in Ghostbusters. But it doesn't matter. Uh, but he he was the mayor of New York City. He accused NYPD Commissioner Howard Leary of greenlighting the resumption of raids, harassment, and illegal arrests against the gay community. And both he, so the commissioner, and Seymour Pine were reassigned to the Flatbush section of Brooklyn. So they were kicked out of Manhattan. Hmm. You go over there, which that feels kind of Catholic churchy to me of like, mm. just move the priest to somewhere yeah. else. Like, I mean, uh, or police where they, <laughs> where they're just allowed to move to different places and do your dumb police stuff there. Yep. So there had already been a big burst of organizing activities since Stonewall, but this was really a sort of galvanizing event. And um, it really set the stage for pride to happen um, just three months later on the first anniversary of the Stonewall riots mm. And uh, yeah, the snake pit, man. The snake pit is this like important piece of gay history that mm-hmm. sort of gets overshadowed by Stonewall because yeah. we think of that as being like Stonewall happened and then things were great. Yeah, and that's yeah. just not that's just not how it went down. Yeah, and it's also interesting. The it it almost feels like two different ways it could have gone, but both that ended in protests. Like they tried to arrest a bunch of people at Stonewall and they literally fought back, and that kicked off you know this riot, and then. Another one where they did arrest people and we still organized and protested against it. It's interesting that, yeah, both of those happened. And, you know, we've talked before about there are ones that led up to that. And part of the reason we talk about the trans women of color that were at Stonewall is not just because of that night, but because of they were the ones that were often harassed. And there are other, you know, things leading up to Stonewall. That is why they were they and the LGBT community was so frustrated but yeah it's interesting to talk about the ones that happened after and kind of help solidify the like no that was that was the right thing to do yep yep i want to go to a bar called the snake pit kyle i want to be the snake pit okay (laughs) um okay can i do my bring it down thing too bring it down this is a article essay 
something. This is going great. (laughs) (laughs) This is written words that I found called A Snake in Your Pocket. Hmm. It is from a book called HIV Negative, How the Uninfected Are Affected by AIDS uh, by William I. Johnston, not your relative, unless you dropped the T somewhere along the way. Uh, In 1995, this section was written by Claude DuPont. It started out with, and what caught my attention, I don't think gay men are doomed. I think the majority will survive AIDS, but I don't think I will survive it. Ooh. Wow. Okay. So in this essay, uh, Claude talks about being HIV negative, Mm -hmm. but how that feels. And it's very interesting because I often see, and we often discuss, rightfully so, the impact, what happens to people who had AIDS, have HIV, the, you know, kind of what needs to happen, the research that needs to happen, the the treatment support, you know, what it's like these days, like all of these focus on HIV positive people. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the first time I saw a book that did a more in-depth discussion and analysis of being HIV negative. And there's, there's still a lot there. Being HIV negative doesn't just mean great. Like you don't have HIV cool everything's chill for you there's still a lot that comes along with this happening in the world regardless of positive or negative yeah um so this is another hiv negative is another book that we should get for a gayish library that we're not building out but should um so i just want to read a couple quotes about uh from this essay i worked myself into a state of such anxiety that i was ill i would wake up in the middle of the night for example and my heart would be racing and i would be sweating i would not be able to go back to sleep looking at the clock until six when I had to get up. I would get up in the morning and feeling sick and thinking, that's it. This is really it. Throughout the day, I would work myself into a frantic state of anxiety where I was convinced that I was definitely HIV positive. I'd feel exhausted during the day. I couldn't really concentrate and I couldn't work because I was so tired from not getting enough rest. I was convinced that all these things were symptoms of my HIV positive status. Looking back, the symptoms I was experiencing were not HIV related. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked that very intense and personal description of the anxiety that can come along with the fear of HIV. And it's interesting because he described a lot of what he did as not having anal sex and, and doing things that were on the safer side, but that, that didn't, that didn't resolve the fear of it. Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. And I, I very much relate to it. I mean, we like, there have been many times where I'm like, oh, I, you know, was off prep and then slept with someone. And so I had to get either pep or maybe I didn't do it in time or like I've done things that are like it is possible that I or I mean, even before prep, like was not on it and did things that I very much could have yep. gotten HIV. And, and even today, I still have these same kind of anxieties about yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't know that I would describe it as that extreme, but there's been at least one time where I seriously was like, I, my lymph nodes are swollen. I, I joke about it often with you where I'm like, I think I have it, but there, like, there's some level of truth to it. And there's at least one time where I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm now sick. I, you know, didn't take or had been off prep and okay. I just had to like, I was starting to get my mind around. I have HIV. How am I going to tell people? What am I going to do? Like I was, I was there. Yeah. 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 Do you have that level of, anxiety i don't and like i think i don't know i'm dead inside so (laughs) 
like that helps. But no, I know I, I really, I really don't. And I'm not sure why not. <laughs> I worried about it a lot more before prep. Yeah. I think I've just like super leaned into I'm on prep, so I'm invincible. And I, yeah. that's not, that's not how it works either. I right? mean, but, but well, okay. Uh, maybe not the word invincible, but it is 99%. Like if someone gets HIV when being on prep, it is a new story. Like we've had a new story of the, you know, one dude who got it, or I forget right. what number yeah. we're at now, but like it's close to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it. I, I also, you know, I've, I've had, I've had some other STIs and you work through them <laughs> and um, none of them are really a death sentence, at least not now. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pretty at ease, I think <laughs> about it, but I get it. Like it's a, it's a, it makes sense. It's a human reaction to have to such a like powerful symbol in our history and, and uh, still very much a reality in parts of the world. And it's still very much a reality in our community in certain parts of it where either like people don't have access to prep or are unaware. Yeah. So I, yeah. And also he described like me having like anxiety in general, not just about this. So like, you know, this is there's, yeah, it's, I think people with anxiety already, this is a very easy thing to focus that anxiety on because it's, because there's everything that comes along with it. One more quote I wanted to read from the writing. I think I carry a little bit of guilt. I was very sexually active in my late teens and twenties. Looking back, I wondered how could I do all this and still be HIV negative? It was like someday there would be something that I would have to pay for. The day would come when I would turn seropositive because all of the things that I did, mm. which there is both like survivor's guilt in that and almost a little bit of just, overall guilt for like the guilt for being gay it's like i have to kind of still feeling like that's bad and there has to be some kind of punishment people literally said aids is the punishment for being gay so right. of yeah, course yeah, yeah, like yeah. it made would make sense that you would because it, jesus because jesus um so it makes sense that you would you know internalize that or i, I feel that too like mm. uh, boy i have had some risky sex and i've not I've, i'm negative and why do i deserve that and i've heard you know stories from someone who had sex once with someone who's positive and was positive. Like yeah. I just, it doesn't feel fair. And you know, mm. it's, it's a weird thing to kind of process. I think it's interesting. The um, one thing that came from this, that I, I, the, the phrase generational trauma, mm. I, I don't, I, I never really kind of connected with, or always thought that was kind of a, I don't know. It feels like spiritual or an energy or oh. something that I don't necessarily believe in. But I think this, uh, to me, there is generational trauma around AIDS, and I can understand a little bit more about how it can be passed along through the types of stories we have or the things we hear or people's attitudes, even though, you know, I did not grow, grow up in the thick of it, mm. the things that are passed along um, still affect the modern day, and I can imagine still will continue to. And um, so I, I, I think that generational trauma is a more tangible thing than I have uh, thought of before and think that being gay experience it more than I kind of gave it credit for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's for sure a thing, but um, it's just harder to measure and isn't like, yeah. 
it's it feels a little frou frou. You're right about that, but it's but but it's also it's it's also not like okay. So I think about my my uncle Tommy. Like I I, I watched him and his partner die of AIDS in 1990 or 1991, and part of me thinks that that was like a real motivator to stay in the closet, mm. right? Like if that's what it meant to be gay, why would yeah. I want to sign up for that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, it's very complicated. My reasons for staying in the closet and getting married to a woman and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's a thing that stands out is like, maybe it's, it was, it was traumatic and I wasn't even out and in the community. Can you imagine like going to the bar and then like having all your friends die? Like, yeah. it, like it's, it's gotta, it's gotta, it's gotta impact things in a, in a, sociological way in a in a community kind of a way yeah um yeah so what this book did is is it focused more on the hiv negative people like when one of the interesting things that i did not think about this is now not the essay anymore just more about the book um one of the things it talked about is are you giving are you as doctors in your pre-screening if you're talking only about what happens if you're positive are you giving more weight and value to a positive diagnosis if you don't talk at all about negative are you almost making positive the target outcome mm. the the outcome that mm. if you don't get that you got the wrong outcome because everything they described is what happens if you're positive so um there there are things that i wouldn't have even thought of like trying to give weight of the potential of both outcomes it, getting a negative outcome does not completely remove all feelings. And is it's not just great. I'm good, especially for people like me with anxiety. Like, uh, do I believe that Do you know, do I feel uh, now I feel guilty for that? Or, you know, there's a other, there's a bunch of things that can come with even an HIV negative diagnosis or being HIV negative. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting book that I'd not thought of. And the essay that I liked is a sneak in your pocket kind of goes along with everything we talked about. There's like a, you know, both some, you know, funny Dick reference and also like there's an evilness assigned to dicks and what they can do. And, you know, especially being gay, like the potential they have to, uh, to what they can cause. So, yeah, I mean, what we've, I mean, mostly what I've learned, anything a dick, anything that a dick can go into is like, you need to get a doctor to check that out. Cause it can cause like cancer or all this other shit. Yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dicks, man. Dicks, man. Man dicks. <laughs> They're snakes. <laughs> how, yeah. Can you do a snake voice without making it sound gay? Like, how can you do like a... No, you just can't. I, I was trying to think of like... No, I can't. I'm trying to... Okay. How, how about bro? A snake bro? Let's get to Latin. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> dude <laughs> i don't know uh did we do it we did something we talked about snakes yeah we did uh was this <laughs> we did this test because we wanted a fun one to just throw right, out yeah, there yeah. uh but yeah just completely fun random but also snakes are evil and gay so there you have it yep next time a snake talks to you listen eat it put it in your mouth put it in your mouth <laughs> uh should we take a break let's take a break let's take a break break nope (laughs) this is the part where mike and kyle take a break are we back we're back we're back we're gonna do our gayest and snakest we're gonna do our snakest and greatest but (laughs) first okay listen up you fuckers oh god what podcastawards.com the nominations are open now 
We want to win this. If we don't win this, I will quit the show. So you get your fucking shit together, you assholes. The snakes have never been higher. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, podcastawards.com. You do have to make an account. But I think if you had an account from one of the previous years when you totally voted for us because you're a good person, <laughs> that will still work. Um, but yeah, just podcastawards.com. There's a big old blue button in the middle of the screen. Nominations voting now open. Click here to vote. The other thing is by voting for us in the nominating process you end up potentially being one of the actual like voters that get to vote yeah. and decide from voting who wins yeah. so i will say the other podcasts uh that have won in the past put together far larger campaigns to get themselves to win so we don't do as huge of pushes so it, it's yeah i don't know please it's very helpful if you do it do it or i will be sad and apparently quit. And quit. Just like spitting. You're just a quitter. <sighs> okay. Next, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on socials, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. No. <laughs> At Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Um, before we do our gayest straightest, uh -huh. I'm going to do one more local gay bar review. Okay. Which is now the NBC News theme song, apparently. <laughs> um, so... I went to Woof's in Atlanta, Georgia. That's a good name. And, um, okay, so it was more of a restaurant than anything. It was really interesting because I went at dinner time. And I don't know if it, like, shifts strongly mm. in demographic at some point in its evening. But at 6 or 6.30, whatever the fuck time it was, uh, I was in the lower half of the age bracket in, 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 that, in that room. A lot of bears and daddies mm -hmm. in, in there. And here's the thing, Kyle. What's the thing? If you want good food, befriend the bears. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I had the best Cobb salad of my entire fucking life at Woof's in Atlanta, Georgia. It was magical. But it's a salad. It's like, is it even worth You shut it? your goddamn mouth. It was magical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fucking amazing. And uh, it, it got busier. Uh, I, I met some. Um, I met a fraternity brother and, and his boyfriend there, and we hung out for a few hours. And it was it, it was lively and fun, and the food was fantastic. And uh, it's a it's a cool, chill place to hang out. So, woofs, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, four dildos. Nice. Did you get bit? No, not there. Okay, no. Mm -mm. Uh, gayest and straightest? Let's do our gayest and straightest. I'll go. Okay. My gayest is, I got a message on Instagram saying someone like, hey, I saw that you have talked about getting a lat lateral internal sphincterotomy. I am, you know, considering getting one and mm. want to, no, I've never heard anyone talk about it. So can you give me advice? And I, I weirdly like that. That is definitely one of those things that I think more gay men have had to deal with than talk about it mm, and, mm, mm, um, or at least have to deal with fissures, but like to get to that next step. So it was both. I, I appreciate, I'm glad that I could be a person. Someone is like, Hey, help. And I tried to do a little bit of like, Hey, I'm not a doctor BT dubs, mm -hmm. but here's my experience. And it ended up working. So, um, you know, just being the person someone could go to for that, uh, felt very gay. Uh, my straightest is my Pandora hoodie. I got a free hoodie, uh, oh. maybe like 
eight years ago or something <laughs> back when I worked at a different company and it's very comfy and I just wear that now all the time. I feel like I at some point want to buy a non-branded hoodie that it's not, I don't know, but for yeah. now free hoodie that I wear all the time is my straightest. I will. I wear my Salesforce trailblazer hoodie mm. all the time yeah. and it's like, it's not great. <laughs> But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, so the straightest thing about me this week, I, I drove home to see my family for the 4th of July weekend for a little bit. The straightest thing about me this week is my snack choices when driving. Mm. I mean, a Slim Jim, a Red Bull, and a thing of sunflower seeds. Like, <laughs> who am I? Those are extremely straight things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like either straight or baseball player. I right. mean, what's the difference? But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the gayest thing about me this week, um, uh, there was an accident on the freeway and I got stuck in traffic and uh, it was like stop and go traffic. And uh, I looked over and got pointed at and laughed at by the car next to me because as we were stopped, I was on grinder and they could see it because my phone is mounted in a place on the windshield <laughs> where you could see it. So yeah, I totally got caught looking at grinder in traffic. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of like, I get like putting on some music or something in the car, but I guess if you're stopped, then that's fine. That's a lot of effort you have to put into something while you're driving. Yeah. Mike, be careful. I, you know, okay. I, it's only because we were stopped. <laughs> okay. 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 A listener's gayest straightest this week is coming to us from Discord. This is uh, Noah Fox 8. Straightest, making my uncles and cousins shotgun beers with me to send my frat's group chat because we had a running joke of whose family was the most frat. <laughs> Gayest, sneaking out of my uncle's lake house last night after lighting fireworks and getting railed in a barn by a hot Midwestern boy. Honorable mention, my American flag cut off jorts. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Well done. Yeah. C congrats. Happy birthday, America. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck you, America. Yeah, yeah. I don't recognize your independence. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. A special thank you to all of the snakes that snaked. Especially thank you to all the evil snakes, because you're probably gay, and we probably love you in a way that's very conflicted. Also, I looked it up during the break, and uh, the snake from Jungle Book was Ka. Cock. <laughs> um, our super cat bridgers are thank you to you uh you are all our favorite snakes steven porch yost Osel, harry Stah, josh copeland force nail patrick martin anonymous james barrow steve ducks explicit lasagna christopher farrell just jamie kevin henderson tipsy mcstumbles donnie donald linsky thomas b dusty sands a coleman chris Catchatorian, and jerome york that is it from the chris Catchatorian studios this has been Gayish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Be Super. fabulous. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Professional podcasters who remember to turn off the phones before recording. It's always so good. You're always perfect at that. Yep. I'm the best. <laughs>